This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Lance and Morgan Griffey, a brother-sister team, talks about their journey into the Catholic Church. What obstacles did they have to overcome? Did they receive support from their family and friends? Well, let's find out. Lance and Morgan are being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Kelly Roper. All right, by way of introduction, Lance and Morgan Griffey are siblings who both converted from Methodist Church and joined the Catholic Church recently. Lance in 2021 and Morgan just came into the fullness of the church this past Easter vigil. Um, You're both originally from Norton, Kansas. Lance is attending Fort Hayes State University, majoring in history and English. And Morgan is in the radiology program at FHSU. So, so thank you. Thank you both for, for being here. So, you know, let's, let's start, let's kind of go back to almost the beginning, right? And, and share with us just a little bit, your converts to the church. That's what our topic's going to be, journey into the Catholic church. It's not easy. I know I journeyed into the church myself. I'm a convert too. It's not easy. So take us back a little bit and talk about your upbringing, you know, and, and, and really, you know, those early days, you know, before you actually got to the point where you're considering the Catholic church. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, we were both raised Methodists, um, and we were both baptized as Methodists, um, not as infants, but as um, young children. Um, so we could vaguely probably remember our baptisms. <laughs> um, but uh, we were we were kind of an off and on uh, church going family uh, growing up. We were mainly led into going to church every Sunday at our at our local Methodist church in Norton, especially by our grandmother. Mm-hmm. Growing up, who she was a regular church goer there, so she really really got us into going to Sunday school every Sunday. And um, eventually we um, participated in uh, Methodist confirmation class when we were 11 or 12 years old in, in the sixth grade. Both of us did. Um, mm-hmm. We're four years apart. So but we, we, we had done that. So we were kind of an off and on church going family growing up in the Methodist church. And yeah, that's kind of our story as, as, a, as, as children. Um, that was our upbringing. Pretty, pretty standard mainline Protestant upbringing. Didn't really know a lot about the Catholic faith, obviously, growing up. I didn't really have any friends who were Catholic. So I, you know, I didn't really know of, I really had, we really didn't have any concept growing up of like the doctrine of the Eucharist or or of devotion to saints or anything like that growing yeah. up. So, but, so you didn't come in with any like preconceived notions that had to be dispelled? Not really. Yeah. No, we had, growing up, I had never really heard anything that was like, you know, what the Catholic believes mm-hmm. is wrong. Or the Eucharist is, you know, a false teaching or anything like that. We never really, we never really grew up hearing those, hearing those sort of Protestant presuppositions or anything like that. So yeah, excellent. All right. So at what point, you know, you're four years apart. So mm-hmm. so how, how old were you, and and how did you come to start thinking about the Catholic Church? Well, I was. I had attended my um, freshman year of college in Lindsborg, Kansas, um, and at the time, I had um, probably uh, late in high school when I was a junior senior in high school. Um, I had really begun leaning a lot more towards Anglicanism or like high church Episcopalianism. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more Catholic-esque uh, Protestant, if you will. But um, And so I became leaning way more towards a liturgical church and the sort of roots that you can find within some meth- um, some Protestant denominations that really began in the Catholic church, um, especially with regards to, um, to liturgy. So I began really set on wanting to become an Anglican. But as I sort of 
studied through that and studied the roots of Methodism and, and the Church of England and, and things like that, they all boiled down to having Catholic roots in the beginning. And um, that really provoked a lot of thought on my part during my freshman year of, of, of college to, to research um, the Reformation, to research what the historical church was like in the early church, the, the church fathers and, and things like that, and research what they believed on matters of, of doctrine and yeah. things I had questions about. And so that kind of provoked me to, to really dive in into people that had different theological perspectives. Um, I started listening to Catholic Answers regularly as a freshman in high school. So yeah. Catholic radio really, really played a big part in, in um, provoking some thoughts within me um, to, to see whether or not I would want to take this route of thinking about becoming Catholic. Excellent. And, and so did you ever call in Catholic Answers? Or I, I never say, have yet. Yeah. No, I've never had a, a really, really, most of the, most of the questions I could already find on the internet or something like that, they had already answered yeah. uh, most of the questions I had. So I didn't, I, I found a reason yet to have to call in, I suppose. Yeah. But. Yeah. And you know, they have a website that you can go to and search and Absolutely, stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I spent, yeah. I spent a fair amount of time on that. So. Yeah. You know, but, but the fact is, you know, 50% statistically, I don't know what it is here in our listening area for Divine Mercy Radio, but across the country, a survey was sent out about Catholic radio. 50% of the listeners are not Catholic. are lapsed Catholics. And every single day, one minister of, you know, Protestant, Jewish, you know, fill in the blank, calls Catholic Answers or Journey Home about more information about coming into the Catholic Church. Mm So it is a very, very um, fruitful ministry with Mm -hmm. with Divine Mercy Radio. And and you're a perfect example of that. It it very much is because it just it, it, it provokes a lot of thought. It asks questions that you didn't really no needed to be asked. Yeah. You don't you don't know what you don't know. So when someone asks you a question about a Bible verse or something that maybe alludes to a Catholic doctrine, you're like, well, I've never read that before. I've never looked at it yeah. through that perspective. And so that really, really led me to think about becoming Catholic and coming from sort of a wanting to become an Anglican background, I found a great amount of interest in um an English convert, specifically St. John Henry Newman, uh-huh. who became my my confirmation saint when I was received into the church. So, nice. and he's an excellent patron for yeah. for converts yeah. to the church as well. Absolutely. You know, I, I once interviewed. I think it was Anglican. I, I probably say something different every time, but I, I think it was Anglican. I hope, cross, you know, hope it's right. Um, but I interviewed someone sitting across from me on Catholic radio, and he was teaching at an Anglican seminary. And when he would drive, he would listen to Catholic radio. And when he got there, he changed the channel. So if he had to take a student home, nobody would know he was listening <laughs> to Catholic radio, right? Yeah. And, and and yet there he was sitting across from me now teaching at a Catholic college as a Catholic because of, mm-hmm. of Catholic radio and what he learned there. Mm-hmm. So, so all right. So we we're talking with Lance and Morgan Griffey. I'm talking about their journey into the Catholic church. So, so Morgan, share with us a little bit. You know, did you just come along with Lance or, or <laughs> right. what was your process? Well, um, Not often you follow your brother, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's actually kind of funny. He's four years younger than me. And when he was in college starting to look into the Catholic Church at Bethany in Lindsburg, I was actually back at my hometown of Norton kind of deciding what I wanted to do with my life. And I was working. But anyway, while he was there, when he started going through RCIA, I started having you know a lot of questions. And he could usually answer most of them. And if he couldn't write on the spot, he would get on the internet or look in a book and he could answer them pretty well for me. Then when we went to his confirmation mass, that Easter vigil mass, that was the very first Catholic mass I'd ever attended. 
So it kind of opened my eyes up a little bit and I got to really see, you know, the beauty of Catholicism and the beauty of the mass. And at that time, I really, I had more questions and I started really thinking that I wanted to, you know, follow in his footsteps and probably join eventually. So um, he um, eventually got back to Norton. He took a break off of school as well. Mm -hmm. So we were kind of in Norton for a little while um, and I started going to mass there with him and probably for at least a year. And one th funny thing, the very first time I attended adoration with him, when I, um, it was just after a weekday mass that they did that at Norton. The very next day, I was just sitting at my desk at work and I happened to look up out the window as I was thinking, you know, I really do think I want to become Catholic. And I really loved going to mass last night and going to adoration for the first time. That was amazing. And I was sitting at my desk thinking of this and I looked up out the window and at our Casey's there in Norton, our local parish priest is right there in his black cassock filling up with gas. Wow. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of kind of a coincidence. Yeah. But um, I thought, okay, yeah, I think I do need to definitely join. And I've just been coming to Mass regularly with Lance ever since then. And I decided I, I came um, to, back to Hayes last summer. I joined the radiology program and I decided that last fall that I wanted to get into RCIA as soon as I possibly could. So I did that through St. Joseph's this last fall and I really loved it and learned a lot. And Lance was obviously my sponsor because he's in Hayes now with me as well. Aww, um, yeah. But I was just confirmed. So at Aww. Easter Vigil. So beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. You know, you say coincidence. I don't think there's any coincidence yeah. with God. You no. know? Exactly. You know, he, he, he knows what he's doing. Right. right. You know, and, exactly. and he knows how we're going to react to it. He knows everything. And, right. And, you know, so 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 what a beautiful story that you're sharing with us. So um, tell us, you know, a little bit more um you know, how does Catholicism differ with with what you were practicing before? I guess I kind of gave that one away a little bit, but but tell us a little bit more about what you found out as you dove in trying to decide whether to convert. What kind of differences were, were you seeing between Catholicism and the Methodist church that you grew up in? Well, I think for me, at least it was um, it was interesting to kind of as I was researching on whether or not I should become Catholic, especially researching specific doctrines or the, the historicity of, of specific Catholic beliefs. Um, it was interesting to pick up some of the pieces, uh, like, for instance, um, the creed. Um, believe it or not, we said mm -hmm. as Methodists every yeah. single Sunday, we said the mm -hmm. Apostles' Creed. Yeah. Um, and we, we used that word Catholic in there, I believe, yeah. in the yeah. Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church. But um, it was sort of a small C Catholic, I suppose, yeah, you know, yeah, it just I always meant, kind of wondered about, that. you know, if, and it, it always kind of provoked my mind as, you know, growing up, you know, what, what does that really mean, you know, for us as Methodists, um, which, yeah. um, which we know that the, the meaning of the word is universal mm -hmm. so for right. everyone, but, yeah. but it is odd, it, but. I have to say it. And mm -hmm. I've heard from many churches, you know, Lutherans, other people that they say the creed and they still say, Catholic mm -hmm. in there. Yeah. So very interesting. It is very yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. There is that to, to pick up the pieces sort of within uh, whatever belief system you come from and kind of trace it. I tried to find in the beginning, you know, some sort of Catholic roots that I could sort of base myself off of. So we didn't, um, in the Methodist church, we, we only had a communion service like the first once a month, usually the mm -hmm. first Sunday of each month. Yeah. The and first Sunday of each some month. Special holidays like yeah. Easter and Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. During important holidays. So, yeah, so it's all like, symbolic. Yeah. Yeah. So the symbolic communion or so the, the you know, round tray with the grape juice. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. The, the grape juice and the, yeah. and the, and the whatnot. Um, it was, you know, the, 
the Eucharist was never a doctrine. It was never just, it was never a concept that we, right. we ever grew up with or were ever exposed to the doctrine of the real presence. It provoked a lot of thought in me to, to research, like you said, the fa- like who founded our denomination, um, the founders of different denominations, you know, where, where, um, things came from. And, um, that kind of provoked me. Um, I kind of, uh, would try and reconcile Anglicanism in my own head with with uh, sort of original uh, patristic Catholic belief um, in the same way that that people uh, like St. John Henry Newman before his conversion to the Catholic Church would try and Catholicize the Church of England and would have this concept um, known as the branch theory, which is like this theory that there, the Roman Catholic Church, the Anglican Communion, and the Eastern Orthodox Church are the three branches quote unquote of the yeah. of the one holy catholic and apostolic church and um and so uh, i've kind of ascribed to that belief and that led me to you know uh, become more anglican minded i suppose or anglo-catholic as as they call them and because some anglicans do believe in a sense of the real presence um, a lot of them actually do have devotions to our lady i had um i had a rosary and have been praying it for several months before I decided to join RCIA. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was, it was a very gradual process sort of leading me into that Catholic devotion and opening my heart, especially Our Lady. Our Lady played a huge part yeah. in my conversion, but. Um, so tell me about that. Well, for instance, I remember when I was thinking about becoming Catholic, it hadn't been long since I, um, it was my freshman year of, of, of college in Lindsborg and I had been thinking about becoming Catholic. And I had just recently bought a um, a Dominican rosary, and I learned how to pray it, and learned how to pray, you know, the Hail Marys, and go through it. And it was it was an interesting process learning how to how to pray something like that because it was so different um, from the prayers that I grew up with within the Methodist Church, which were usually short and sweet and weren't necessarily planned. It was just sort of you you pray from the heart, um, which is obviously fine too. But I had uh, I had I had prayed probably the first rosary I ever prayed in my life. And I had asked Our Lady, if you want me to join this Roman Catholic Church, as opposed to this one that I sort of have, have in my head, um, you know, lead me to it. And not long after that, I had, I'd been scrolling through Facebook one day. Yeah. And um, I had came upon this, uh, this quiz off of this group, uh, Facebook guy that I had followed um, called What Kind of Anglican Are You Quiz? And um, basically, you answered a series of questions based off of what liturgy you liked or what you believed about the real presence. And um, well, when the results, you know, came in, you answered about 10 or so questions, you know, not, not very many. When the results came up, the results page came up with the portrait of St. John Henry Newman. And it mm-hmm. said, bugger off to Rome, you dirty papist. So, <laughs> oh, my. So wow. I decided to. Uh, that's kind of a I, little I know it was it was a little it was a little harsh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I took the word for it. So that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of what wow. I what I ended up doing. You know, I just sort of inwardly thought um, to myself, you know, what's keeping me from becoming from becoming Catholic yeah. and any sort of fear or apprehension I had about a specific belief, whether it be um, the papacy or or purgatory, especially was a very, at first, a very difficult concept to wrap my mind around mm-hmm. as someone who grew up Protestant. But the longing, the inward longing that I had for, for something that was substantial and real, like the sacraments, like the blessed sacrament, just it, it wiped all of my fear and apprehension away when I was yeah. thinking about that. So. Yeah, you know it's very interesting because just um, my my son's in seminary. My youngest son is in seminary, and when he was home at, at break, the I think it's the Anglicans that he went to, but uh, no, maybe it was Greek Orthodox. But but somebody had invited him to go to their Holy Saturday services, which is actually a week after ours, right? Right. And, and 
you know, he went and he asked his spiritual director, the the vocations director, and he said, yeah, go, because you need to see the richness and what you have right here, you know? And, and so, yeah, absolutely go. And and so that was, it was kind of interesting to me because I had never really thought of it, you know, like, like what you're explaining it until, you know, that happened with my son. And, you know, and of course we discussed, you know, what he had encountered, but uh, yeah, it's amazing. So, all right. So we also have a Morgan here. And uh, so what, what would you like to add to, to that? Well, yeah, I definitely growing up in the Methodist church, I didn't really think anything of it until recently when I started comparing, you know, Catholicism and Methodism. But now looking back, realizing, you know, that they don't believe in the true presence in the Eucharist. They really the only real um, true legitimate sacrament that I received in that church was baptism, which is very important. But the Eucharist, um, it's not present. Confession, they don't have confession. And now that I've learned more about confession and gone through that for the first time before I was confirmed recently, I really have realized just how important that and all the other sacraments are. So beautiful, beautiful. And, and, you know, they, they can't have the true presence because they don't have the apostolic succession. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know? So, mm -hmm. so yeah. Um, you know, even, even the churches that think that they do, you know, don't have right. the, the apostolic yeah. succession. That, that's what sort of kept me from becoming Catholic as sort of a Anglican minded person is there's the argument within Catholic-esque Anglicism, I guess, or whatever, that they do have this apostolic succession still yeah. and this belief that they, you know, right. they believe it, but the Catholics don't believe they do. Yeah. So we need to take a short break right now, but don't change that dial. We'll be right back with more from Lance and Morgan Griffey on their journey into the Catholic Church. We're back on One Body, Stewarding God's Creation. One body. One body. Journey into the Catholic Church. One body. One body. With Lance and Morgan Griffey. One body. Stewarding God's Creation. Kelly Roper conducts the interview. Ah, what a wonderful conversation that we're having with Lance and Morgan Griffey. So what are some of the biggest challenges you had to overcome as you were learning about the Catholic faith, OCIA, listening to Catholic radio, anything else that, that uh, you know, so some of the challenges. I know that there had to be, you know, some hurdles to, to get over mm -hmm. as you journeyed into the Catholic Church. I, th I think for both of us, it was probably just... The fact that it would be sprung on our family, you know, we had never, we don't really have many Catholic relatives and none of our immediate family is is Catholic. So mm -hmm. it was just sort of, you know, sprung on, sprung on them, I suppose, that, yeah. you know, we want to become Catholic. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there were some, there were some, sometimes some tense conversations yeah. uh, there with family, um, some yeah, friends pretty supportive as well. About it. But yeah, they, they, we, we've been privileged in the fact that um, our family have all been really supportive and really okay with us joining the church mm -hmm. and um they've been really supportive and as a matter of fact my mother's still a protestant to this day but she listens to mother angelica every day so yeah nice so, you know you never <laughs> right. know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know my mom used to always say oh i can't be 
Catholic, I'm Christian. <laughs> so it got to where I, you know, I didn't want to argue. I would just wear a shirt almost every time. She had to have gotten the message. It said Catholic and Christian since 33 AD. <laughs> I would wear the, the same t-shirt every time I'd go over. She had to have gotten right. the message, right? Um, so uh, yeah, what, but, but, but it is, you know, so, so that is a, a, a challenge, but, but God bless your, your parents, your family that, that they didn't really, you know, make it totally difficult mm-hmm. for you the the reaction was was maybe neutral would you say yeah or? it was yeah it was pretty neutral um they were really supportive they, they attended both of our confirmations both nice. of our easter vigils so mm-hmm. we, yeah. we invited them to that and they you know they they were very supportive going to both of those boy and, they they did the two hours twice right yes, so, I wow know. that that yeah. is support i told them if they could survive the easter vigil they can survive any catholic mass so. exactly exactly then as you you know i think about that often you know i i, I tell my husband because my parents were were not catholic but they came to every baptism every first communion every confirmation you know that that really is a testament you know they're they're gone now but but uh, it's really a testament to to the fact you know their love you know for for me for their for their family that that they would you know do that because i i know that they they weren't actually supportive but they never really put it out there and Mm -hmm. and you know made it difficult for me in Mm -hmm. any way your parents are listening to you and (laughs) and uh you know my my praise to you parents if you are listening that that you didn't get in the way of that so um so thank you. And, you know, they, they could still be, be praying and they could be thinking too. You never know what, what God's doing yeah. for, mm-hmm. for everybody. You just, you just never know how, you know, we talked about your, your family, but did you have friends too, maybe that, that were Methodist that you grew up with that, you know, that, you know, and there is a lot of misunderstanding out there about what the Catholic church is and what it believes. And so, you know, it could be that some of your friends are going, whoa, 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 you know, you, you can't do this because they, they, uh, worship Mary or, you mm-hmm. know, they, this, this and that, you know, and all these other things that we know aren't true, but, but there's misunderstandings out there. So, so mm-hmm. what, you know, what kind of reaction did you get from your friends? as well. Well, with me, I don't really have any or too many friends ask me questions where they seem very judgy or anything. There was one day in class, I had a friend or a classmate who asked me what I was doing one evening. It was a day of one of my RCIA classes. And I said, well, I have a church meeting tonight. And she's like, oh, what kind of church meeting? So I kind of told her it's basically a confirmation class for adults for the Catholic Church. And she just kind of kept asking me questions and said, well, how come you, why do you want to become Catholic specifically? And at that time, I didn't really know how to answer just in one quick sentence. But one quote that Lance here actually brought to my attention not too long ago that I think sums it up perfectly is by G.K. Chesterton. And it's the difficulty of explaining why I am a Catholic is that there are 10,000 reasons all amounting to one reason that Catholicism is true, which I just think is perfect. And overall, like my classmates and friends really haven't had a huge problem with it. There was one friend, maybe a little bit more recently, I guess, that he actually is Catholic himself. But he, he He's about my age. I think he's about 26. And here recently, he's kind of fallen away from the faith, I think. He grew up Catholic, um, going to Mass every weekend with his family and everything. And and I don't really know exactly why he fell away, but he did. And sometimes he would kind of kind of uh, ask me, why do you want to do this? Are you sure you want to get into this? And I said, yeah, of course I do. I, I think it's the right thing to do. It's the yeah. one true church. So now that I know these things, why would I not want to do that? Right. So. 
And so when you go back to the G.K. Chesterton, because there are people out there that are not Catholic and they mm -hmm. may not understand when you say the 10,000 reasons. So so what are you referring to there? Right. Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, it's just <laughs> that there's there's so many different things all at once that can pull a person to the faith. And everybody has their own stories sometimes. Like for me, at least at first, it was the liturgy. It was I absolutely adore Catholic liturgy and the reverence that that Catholics have for the mass and mm -hmm. have had for the mass for 2000 years was was just something that was it, it pulled me to the faith. That was probably the initial thing. And the rest of it just sort of fall into line, you know, the dogmatic teachings and especially the devotions, Catholic prayer devotions, um, getting into the rosary, incorporating even the daily office a lot. I'll try to pray Compline oftentimes before bed and stuff like that with the with the little office of Baltimore um, is a great prayer book to use. And, you know, that that private devotional life in that that sense that I personally didn't get growing up with Methodism that that there's people in heaven rooting for you and those are the saints and you you have you have friends up there that are that are praying for you and that will pray for you if you ask for them if you ask them to. Beautiful. You know, and I, I guess my mind, and I don't know, because I'm not a, a G.K. Chesterton follower or any of that, but in my mind, what I heard when you said that was all the divisions that have happened after mm -hmm. the one true church. So it's mm -hmm. all those those divisions. We have mm -hmm. one true church and mm -hmm. we stay yes, with that exactly. one true church founded by Jesus Christ. So exactly. I love all of your answers as well. And I don't think either one's right or wrong, but that, that's where my mind went when, yeah. when you were talking yeah. about that. What's the most rewarding experience you've had since joining the Catholic Church? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of rewarding things, but I mean, for me at least, and I, I don't know if this is the same for, for you, Morgan, but I... Uh, for me, it was getting to participate in the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was having to wait, um, being told when I was like, I want to become Catholic. I want to become Catholic. That it's like, well, you yeah. got to go through this nine month program to yeah. to you know learn more about the faith and to you know really solidify your decision and to and to to wait before you get to participate in that incredibly beautiful thing. And so for me, uh, the Eucharist getting to participate in it was is is definitely one of the most rewarding things, and um, and obviously confession too. Yeah. Um, confession too was a was actually one of the things that really pulled me to the faith. Um, strangely enough, because I mean, there's a lot of nerves um, for people who have to go to make their first confession. But it's knowing that after you get through that that awkward part, that 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 part that's that's really difficult, that um, that you've been absolved, and and that's that's really what we what we seek as Catholics is is salvation. Morgan, how about you? I'm exactly the same way. Well, just going through RCIA, I just love the process of RCIA here at St. Joseph's, just watching every week we would, almost every week, we would watch the symbol on videos. And I really learned a lot of extra stuff from that that I already didn't, didn't already know from what my brother had taught me. So that was great. And then it just made that point of the, getting clear to the Easter Vigil Mass and actually being confirmed so much more worth it now that I knew all this information and just how important all these sacraments are. So yeah, doing my first confession, like he said, it was a huge, huge thing for me. I was very nervous. Um, I'm 25, so I had a lot of things on my plate to think of, but um, I, it was a huge relief and I, it was just a big relief off my shoulders mm -hmm. when I got out. And then obviously my first communion, that was mm -hmm. obviously amazing too. And I'm so glad that now I can go to mass and I can actually receive um, both of those sacraments now and it just mm -hmm. it's so much more worth it yeah. Yeah. especially about confession I brought it I brought in a quote 
if you don't mind me reading it, um, from it. my uh, a Cardinal Newman prayer book that was given to me as a confirmation gift two years ago. It, it says, um, how many a Protestant's heart would leap at the news of such a benefit, putting aside all distinct ideas of a sacramental ordinance or of a grant of pardon and the conveyance of a grace. If there is a heavenly idea in the Catholic Church, looking at it simply as an idea, surely next after the Blessed Sacrament, confession is such. Well, and you, you know, you talked about how you feel like that late weights off. It doesn't go away. Can I can I tell you that? It doesn't <laughs> right. go away. You walk a little lighter when you come out yeah. of the confessional. Yep. Yeah. So so what a what a beautiful thing and and to, to really you know your shoulders are a little bit less tense, right? Yes. And mm-hmm. and you just walk a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. So there's somebody out there, I'm sure, who's listening, who's thinking, hmm, hmm maybe, <laughs> maybe <laughs> I should look into this more. So what would you say to them? Oh, goodness. Um, I'd say to them, read up on Catholic answers a, a, a lot. If there's anything, if there's anything that's like keeping you from from coming to the faith, whether it's a specific belief or or even if it's just even if you don't have any reservations against the faith, but you're fearful of of people in your family or your friends for, you know, not agreeing with your decision, uh, especially for me, I'll, I'll harken back to St. John Henry Newman every single day of the week. He He's an incredible patron saint for converts at the church because he, when he went through his conversion, he lost a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. He lost a, he lost a lot of friends and he lost a lot of followers who, who would listen to his lectures and sermons as an Anglican priest. And so he, he knows exactly what you're going through. And if you have any sort of reservations or fears about joining the church, he's an excellent saint to have a devotion to. All right, Morgan, what about you? Yeah, I'd say the exact same. Make sure just to do your research. If you have any questions or anything that's keeping you from joining the church, Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to go ask someone about it that would know. Mm -hmm. Or We have the internet now. You can get on the Mm -hmm. internet and find these things really easily and maybe go to mass. Like I had a friend, gosh, it was probably four or five years ago when I was originally a student here at Hayes before I quit school for a while. He was Catholic and I remember him always trying to get me to go to mass with him and tried to talk about Catholicism with me. And at that time, I was just kind of afraid and I didn't want to think about it. I didn't know much about it. Um, and he actually told me um, the day I was confirmed, he happened to see that I was confirmed. And he said, hey, I'm, congratulations, congratulations. I'm so glad you're part of the church now. And wow. he said, I remember talking to you way back when about Catholicism. And you said you probably would never join the church and or never go to mass. And now I'm just, I'm so glad that I'm here. So, yeah. Nice. Very nice. So did you, Morgan talked about it, but did you lose any friends? Like you were talking about John Henry Newman losing his friends. Was that part of of your, your journey? That was one thing that unfortunately I, I did have to struggle with on like a couple occasions. Um, I had stayed in touch through throughout college um, with a few friends that I had made during high school that I had been long friends with that, uh, when they heard, uh, just through the grapevine, I had never even told them. I don't, I don't yeah. even remember how they found out, but uh, yeah. they'd heard through the grapevine that I was thinking about becoming Catholic, and they, um, there was, there was some interesting conversations to be had. And over time, it just sort of, sort of, I feel like, put a distance between us. You know, I can do that, and all you can do is tell them to 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 investigate. You know, just explain to explain to those those people who who don't understand why you're doing something to the best of your ability, why you're doing it. Yeah. You know, you're 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 doing it to to seek the truth. It's it's a quest for religious truth. It's and you know, I don't think it ends there because you know, as a 
a convert, you know, 41 years ago, there's still times when, you know, I, I can think of one instance a couple years ago where it's somebody that I walked with regularly and we started talking about the faith. We were we were different faiths. And she said, well, I'm just sola scriptura. And I said, you know, well, where in the Bible does it say that? Mm -hmm. And, you know, she didn't have an answer. It was just a conversation. It wasn't anything mean, mm -hmm. nothing. Yeah. And then she said, um, you know, I believe in faith alone. That was the other thing that, that she talked to me. I said, well, the only place that I know in scripture that it says faith alone is preceded by not by, not by faith alone. Mm -hmm. and, and she was like, oh, where is that? I said, I don't remember exactly. And I don't remember mm -hmm. now, but I said, I'll send it to you. And I did. You know, she never walked with me after that. That was it. Yeah. And we had been walking and just talking. And, and mm -hmm. you know, so I don't think, you know, sometimes people aren't ready. They're just not ready right. for for yeah. for that to, to really challenge. It kind of rocks somebody's world, you know, mm -hmm. if, if they've believed that all the time. And then, you know, they're faced with something like yeah. that. You know, it just it's it it's be. really too bad. Yeah. Yeah. So so um, we only have about 11 minutes left. Would love, love, love to get the phones ringing. This is a beautiful, beautiful brother and sister here talking about their journey into the Catholic Church. Lance and Morgan Griffey, who are, are sharing with us. And so we'd love to get some phone calls coming in as well. I think you guys want to sit back and listen. I get it. I do, too. Um, but uh, we don't have the airwaves if we don't have the donations to keep everything on the air. So it's really important that, that we call in and we support. We're at $14,100 so far for today. And um, so we would love to, to have some more calls. We only have about 10 minutes left. So, you know, what else haven't we talked about that you'd like to, to share with our listeners about your journey into the Catholic Church? Maybe some of the, the blessings that you've received along the way. Mm -hmm. what, what would you like to share with us? Oh, gosh, I just say. Um, it, it, it was it was interesting to me after my conversion to to sort of realize and have this epiphany because you're working for nine months, you know, with with wonderful people to go through an RCA program and then you convert. And you sort of thought during those nine months that, you know, once I become a convert, that's it, you know, and then you find out once you once you're converted and once you get to participate in the sacrifice of the mass and you're open to to all of the sacraments, or at least most of them, you know, that's just the very beginning yeah. is is your conversion. You know, you have the rest of your life to uh, to 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 work at it and to 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 become holy and to to attain as much virtue as humanly possible, yeah. you know, during your lifetime. So I think, you know conversion is such a huge part of it but it's it's really only the beginning it's it's what leads you into all of the other amazing things about the catholic faith beautiful beautiful morgan um with me i've realized just how important like the power of prayer is i never was really huge into praying before i became catholic or started to think about becoming catholic i didn't really know how to but when I first started thinking about it, Lance actually bought me a rosary and he taught me how to pray it and everything taught me what each different prayer meant exactly and how it went back in history and how it all was the truth. And one other thing um, earlier you brought up, what are some things that maybe you struggled with? And I also, Lance said um, purgatory was one thing, one concept mm -hmm. he kind of struggled to, to take in. And I'm, I was kind of the same way. I, you know, none of our family, especially our immediate family is Catholic. And um, I kind of struggled with like my late, my late grandparents, maybe who've gone who weren't Catholic. Um, it kind of, kind of was a little scary thinking, you know, where are they? I don't know. Um, but a certain point hit where I realized purgatory is real. And instead of being afraid for them, I'd rather, you know, 
um, just pray for them and pray for my loved ones that are still here for their conversion and really just everything. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not a theologian. I don't pretend to be uh, gosh, (laughs) you know, I I really don't, but, but, you know, I, I think, you know, that, that while the Catholic church is the true church, I think that that other true believers, you know, have part of that path, even though it's through mm-hmm. through the Catholic Church. And right. and, you know, pray for those souls in purgatory as well. If they are in purgatory, exactly. mm-hmm. we can pray for them because, you know, once you're in purgatory, you, you know, you're going to heaven. It, yeah. You know, doesn't know how exactly. long, I don't know how long it'll take, but but mm-hmm. you're going to you're going to go to heaven mm-hmm. eventually, you know, and and certainly we don't want to be in purgatory. We want to straight ticket up. But but we have to be cleansed first right mm-hmm. you know I, I remember when I was helping in an RCIA class and there was a, a woman there who was having trouble with with purgatory and she was just so frustrated I finally just kind of took her aside quietly and and I said you know you're you're a mom you do laundry right and she said yeah and I said would you ever put a black sock in a white load she's like no and I said, well, then why would we let somebody with sin go into heaven? Mm-hmm. And it was mm-hmm. like, that was it. That was it for her. You know, she was yeah. like, okay, I get it, you mm-hmm. know. And, and so we do have to have that purifying. And that purifying, I think, is is what we call purgatory. And mm-hmm. and uh, so we, we do have to be purified so that we can someday, you know, be in heaven if if there's still some things that, that need to be worked out. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. um, yeah, what a, what a good thing. All right. So we have a message here. Um the St. Joseph I OCIA team wants to say thank you for sharing your stories today. Love it. We pray that, that your journeys will inspire others to follow God's call home to the Catholic Church. So I love that. Awesome. Oh, love so that. nice. Ah, <laughs> oh, so good. And and so are you guys gonna go back and, and help in, in OCIA? Morgan oh, will be going to clinicals in, in Aletha fairly soon in June mm-hmm. for yep. her for her radiology program but I will be staying here so I've I've taken up the reins and offered offered my services so if there's anyone in RCA this next fall I nice. hope to help out and Very stuff nice. so uh, nice anything else I'm kind of out of questions <laughs> oh you know I was thinking do you have any other siblings you're going to bring into the church we are the only you two okay. we are the only two children in <laughs> our immediate family so darn yeah but but uh, yeah, I was just I was kind of joking, but I was wondering, yep. you know, if if you know, because you guys mm-hmm. are very close, I can tell, yep. you know, that that you're very close, and mm-hmm. and uh, that's really a, a special thing, and and uh, you're actually the older, yeah, yes, I Morgan, yes. yeah, you're you're the <laughs> older older one, and uh, Lance is leading the way into the Catholic <laughs> Church, exactly. so uh, pretty cool. But uh, but I love the the friendship that the two of you share. It's mm-hmm. it's it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to clinical studies right. um, in Olathe uh-huh. at Olathe Hospital or somewhere else? Yep, at Olathe Medical Center. And yeah. that starts um, in June and that'll be a year long thing. And then I'll be done with the radiology programs. So nice. Yes. Nice. Anything else we want to talk about? Oh, gosh. I would just say um, if you can support Catholic radio, you should mm-hmm. because it, it, it played a a very significant role in, in my conversion. And I know it does for a lot of other people as well, because it's such a, it's such an incredible tool for evangelization. And all it takes is one little conversation yeah. or one little question to, to, to plant that seed and to watch it grow into, you know, a possible conversion yeah. of someone to, so that, you know, at some point they can enjoy the, the fullness of the faith. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we, 
And I say thanks for being on the air because it was truly a, a great, great time to, to talk with you. So yes. thank you. Thank you very much for having us. Thanks for tuning into One Body Stewarding God's Creation. If you are a business or service that can underwrite this One Body show, please know it is affordable and your 30-second spot will run three times during the show, which runs five times a week on five different stations. Interested? Call 785-621-4110. You're listening to the network of stations of Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts.